Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Grothy. And I'm Paul Burkhart. How's it going, buddy? How's it going? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. I have had quite the busy day today because I just got tattooed for like almost six hours straight. It was an experience. Man, I've seen pictures. It looks really good. Yeah, I am real stoked with it. Um, at one point, like, so, you know, you know the process. They do the outline first, and then because there's so many different colors and they're so separated, then she had to do all the color outlining. And after that, you know, she they, they spray it down and wipe it off. And, like, I couldn't help myself just seeing the color outline. I go, oh, shit, this looks cool. <laughs> and she just started laughing. She was like, well, I'm glad you're I happy it. with it so far. Man, one of the best feelings in the world is getting a new tattoo. Like that um, that little stingy sensation that you have for like about a day and a half after mm-hmm. it gets done. Like, I don't know what it is about that, but it, it feels awesome. Like when, when the breeze hits it or yeah, something, I, I don't, don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. I am um, very stoked with it. I, I uh, Man, I just can't stop looking at it. I got to stop looking at it, though, or I'm just going to be staring at it the whole show and not talking. I and and then listen <laughs> listen to what I got to do. Okay, so you and I here so we're going to say here we're going to record a high potion. Then I'm going to take my silly little ass into my silly little living room and sit on my silly little couch and watch the new episode of my silly little Star Wars show. Then I bring my silly little ass into my silly little bedroom and record about that for my silly little Patreon. And then I got to go take my silly little ass back into the living room and do my silly little second job. So I have got a night ahead of me, my dude sounds silly it's i got too silly um so buddy (laughs) we're not going to be talking about a game we're not going to be talking about a console we're not going to be talking we're going to be doing what you and i affectionately refer to as a bullshit episode aka we just sit around and bullshit a little bit we hear from some of our listeners we got some emails and stuff to uh address uh so shouts out already to everybody that sent in emails you guys are the best um so yeah, we'll I really be... appreciate it. Honestly, uh, these bullshit episodes, I uh, I really like them. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they can go off the rails, but that's maybe what makes them as fun as they can be. So, buddy, <clears throat> um, we ha- we haven't really done one of these lately. What you been playing? 
<laughs> so lately I've been working my way through The Last of Us 1 remake mm-hmm. on PlayStation 5. That's been getting most of my time. Me too. Um, I've got some, some other stuff installed for after that for future episodes that we're going to be doing. Yep. Um, you know, we just got finished playing um, Gears of War 5 which uh, there'll be an episode about that soon. We had a really great time playing it on stream. Uh, that, we talked about that. Yes. I don't know if we did or not. Maybe we did. I can't remember anymore. But yeah, if you guys don't follow me on Twitch at Blue Harvest Pod, you should because I think we're going to be ramping up the streams. Um, last weekend, we finished up the Hive Busters DLC for Gears of War. This weekend, it's either going to probably be Horde Mode in Gears of War 5 if Nick's silly little ass decides to show up, or <laughs> we might start um, Scott Pilgrim because I'm I'm feeling a beat 'em up. We we haven't played one of those since yeah. Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to beat some shit up, and I think that's Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. Either way, good times. Developed by the same people, by the way. Shredder's of Revenge and Scott Pilgrim done by the same team. So. I'm looking forward to it. It has, uh, from what I remember, I haven't played it in a while since it, you know, originally came out on like the 360. But it has more of like a River City ransom uh, mechanic to it, where you can actually like level up and assign stat points and stuff. From what I remember, so I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been playing The Last of Us Part One. I've been playing another game that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. Uh, been playing Fortnite, dominating in Fortnite, my dude. Um, I'm very, very <laughs> excited because they put a new weapon in the game last night that I haven't gotten to try out yet because Will couldn't hang out last night. And I ain't looking to fucking play Fortnite by myself. Um, but they added this thing called a goo cannon, which, you know, let the jokes flow, the goo cannon. But uh, it sprays gnarly. It sprays goo that sticks to structures and people and then explodes. So it is the ultimate we don't build weapon. So I am down with that. <laughs> you hit me with a good meme last night, uh, a we don't build meme. That was uh, and look, really hilarious. Listen, I got to say, by the way, I wish I could take 100% credit for it. And, buddy, you know how much this is going to kill me to say. I wasn't the originator of that. Old Luke Cruiser from the goddamn Bad Motivator sent me that. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I got to send this to Stephen nice. Will. So, yeah. I can't look, man. I, I, am not a, uh, I am not a meme thief. You know what I mean? I, I will eventually give credit where credit is due. So, um, <clears throat> buddy. He's got good taste. He's got good taste in memes. I don't know what happened, but uh, I think I finally fucking cracked the code on being buddies with Brian from Sacred Icon. He's been lighting our Twitter up these last couple of days. Guess he's been getting caught up on the show, yeah. and I almost caught that uh, fucking Twitter smoke, too. Did you see that? Did you see how he was talking about? <laughs> I did, yeah. We were, we were talking some doo-doo feces on um, Game of Thrones season, season 7 and 8, and he, he said he literally stopped in his tracks to unleash the smoke on us. And then I can't remember he was what. Gonna it, draw that shit out of a, <laughs> he's going to draw that shit out of a quiver like Arondir and uh-huh. um, fucking Lord of the Rings. That's what it was. We were talking power. positively about Rings of Power, and it fucking it doused the smoke. <laughs> 
<laughs> so luckily that dodge that man i um i have some i want to do a sacred icon blue harvest crossover episode like maybe and like uh you know maybe we're on their show they're on our show you know i've got some ideas that i want to toss their way but i think we could do something pretty fun with those two dudes fucking new boot goof with brian and josh i think that could be a good time <laughs> yeah it'd be a good time um Man, it would be. We we had some gears to uh, love going back and forth today too. Yeah, uh, a stream with playing that with them could be kind of fun too. That's that. So that's another thing I'd be th- think would be really fun would be to get the four of us together and do some Gears of War two horde mode on River, the only map to do Gears uh, horde yes. mode on. Man, that could be fun. That could be fun. Wouldn't it be funny <laughs> to find out that I both of Brian those? Liked, I hope Brian liked River. Well, what I was going to say was, wouldn't it be funny <laughs> to see that these two nice dudes turn out to be they game game rageaholics? You know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking raging out online because you and I are new boot and goofing around. They're like, you're just not taking this seriously enough. We thought you were gamers <laughs> with a capital G. And I'd be like, wow, they seem so nice online and on their show. Sheesh. <laughs> Somehow I don't see that happening. I don't either. I don't either. But something, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they hated that map, though. <laughs> you, there's no telling. You know I mean, there's no. We have telling. an unhealthy relationship with that map. Uh, unhealthy obsession with that map. Um. So yeah, yeah, we got some stuff in the works. Uh, I would, I would like to do some kind of crossover. Like, I don't know if they need us showing up on Sacred Icon and stinking, stinking up the place. You know what I mean? With our doo doo feces <laughs> jokes and new boot goofing, but like. You know, we'd be happy to have them on here. You know what? Come to the Moss Eisley Cantina with these two degenerates and talk about some kind of game. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, man, I love one, you, dude. One thing I wanted to talk about before we get into hearing from some of our friends, um, we didn't talk about it last week. I specifically held off on talking about it because I wanted to give it a little more time, right? I I felt like being a fan of this developer and this game series, there was some pretty big news related to CD Projekt Red and The Witcher, right? And it's not like we shoot to be the most topical show anyway, so we can talk about it whenever the fuck we want. Maybe we don't talk about it now. Maybe we talk about it in December, you know? Maybe I talk about how oh just I'm save gonna it for later. yeah I'm uh, talk about uh, talking about oh I'm gonna edit this part out of the show and then I just don't and people are like man that guy is sloppy <laughs> but no um, <laughs> I gotta say the so fucking fascinating to me that um to see a company be this forthright with what they are working on. Right. Like to have a road, a roadmap that essentially probably dictates the next 10 years plus of their releases. So they came out. Right. And obviously earlier this year, they announced uh, the the next Witcher game was in pre-production. So they said, you know, that's the first game in a proposed new trilogy of Witcher games developed by CD Projekt Red. Uh, not the biggest surprise. Right. Um you kind of figured like, oh, well, this is probably going to be them trying to um, start a new trilogy. Like, remember back when 343 was like, Halo 4 is the start of the Forerunner trilogy. 
and then like a decade later there just isn't a number after the the third game and they were kind of like eh, <laughs> that plot that we did in five yeah. like let's kind of brush over that um but the gameplay <laughs> hey the gameplay Reboot. in five is really good <clears throat> brian the gameplay in five oh, yeah. is really good brian brian chill homie chill <laughs> the gameplay in five is really good <laughs> Um, I think we can all come together and agree that Halo 5's multiplayer was uh, excellent. Well, yeah, and and I I am with Brian where I feel like the the mechanics and the gameplay of the campaign are fun too. It's the story that's a little sure. Um, yeah. Regardless, um, so okay, they said they're working on a new trilogy of Witcher games that they want to release within a six year period, right? So to me, that means. You know, in three, four years, whenever it is, the first of this these Witcher games come out, and then there'll be another one every three years, right? That would make sense, because by the end of that six-year period, you would have the third one out. Seems a little ambitious, knowing, you know, how delays and stuff go. Yeah. We'll see if that is, is what happens. But more Witcher is, yeah, I'm down. Um, oh, yeah, sure so yeah knock I'm, yourselves out it's it, it's just like like don't you don't have to bite off more than you can chew you know what i mean right like i'm happy to just get one or two more or one more really if 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 they want to do three that's terrific but they also don't have to be like yeah they're coming out every three years because that's probably yeah. not going to happen yeah and i mean but look i i do wonder like with the with switching to unreal instead of an in-house engine um you know, maybe maybe development goes a little more smoothly. I don't know. I'm not a developer. I don't know how that shit goes. Um, uh, you could be right about that. That's a good point because you know they'll have so access to like you know tech support from outside. You know their their studio, I suppose, for that sort of thing. Uh, this this just reminded me. Little piece of Witcher tri trivia for the first game, which is probably, if I had to guess, the, the least played game in the series, for a good reason, it's kind of unwieldy. Um, but uh, one night this past week, Will and I, you know, we're, we're fucking just bullshitting on the headset while we're playing Fortnite. I'm probably sitting outside smoking a cigarette. And um, <laughs> uh, then um, we start talking about Bioware. I don't know what made the subject of Bioware come up. And, you know, I was just sort of giving him the history of Bioware off the top of my head. You know, talking about Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, Jade Empire, so on and so forth. Knights of the Old Republic, obviously. And then, for some reason, somewhere deep in the recesses of my mind, I had this thought or this little nugget of trivia that the first Witcher game was developed on the same engine as Baldur's Gate. And so I go to Wikipedia wow. and look it up, and I'm right. It was, in fact, de developed on the engine from Baldur's Gate, which, when you think about it, makes sense because CD Projekt Red, they started off as a company who localized Baldur's Gate and all these other computer RPGs for the Polish market, right? Because uh, apparently... You know, around that time, Poland was rife with video game uh, piracy. So they were like kind of the company that were licensing these games, translating them, and bringing them to that market in a legit way. 
Um, but yeah, just a, one of those weird little bits of trivia that I had in my head from somewhere. Like the amount of dumb fucking bullshit that doesn't matter that is in my head, man. I need to take like a Q-tip when I'm when I'm drying out my ears because I got this thing about when I get out of the shower, I hate having water in my ear, and I like the feel of a Q-tip in my ear. Like I gotta I gotta get one of those in there a little deeper and scrub some of this bullshit out of there. Um, so three Witcher games, a new trilogy. They also announced that there's two other Witcher spinoff games being developed. One of which is going to feature multiplayer and a single-player campaign. I think that's the one being um, developed by Molasses, that studio that CD Projekt Red bought a little while back. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the second one is a bit of a mystery as to who's developing it. They haven't really said, but there's... So essentially, five Witcher games in the future, right? Insane. Fucking insane. nuts. Um, and That's then, a lot. It is a lot. That is a lot of Witcher content. I'm here for it. You know, I feel like they really finally fucking nailed the f- the formula with Witcher 3. So I'm excited to see them continue that on, right? Witcher 2 is a really good game. It's the first one that I legitimately played. I tried Witcher 1 but just couldn't get into it. Um, but to, to see them sort of nail it with 3, which was the end of that trilogy... You know, I did sort of have the feeling of like, oh, man, well, you know, I wish I could see them continue this onward. And uh, clearly uh, the the renegotiated contract they had with the author of those Witcher books was uh, they, they must. Uh, there was some wheeling and dealing because there's five fucking Witcher games <laughs> coming. Whew. Yeah. And I guess that you can say they kind of rebounded w- with Cyberpunk, too. Um you know that that game has been seeing tons of numbers lately with people playing it, and I think people are excited about the expansion that's coming out. And so, I personally really enjoyed my playthrough. The so this is the thing. W- you and I were talking about this news one night, and I said, more than anything, this shows me that despite all the backlash, m- most of which I felt was warranted at the time. Cyberpunk 2077 was not the disaster financially that uh, you might think it was, right? Given all the backlash for that game. Because if they got the money to uh, develop essentially seven different games now, you know, even if it is with some other studios, they're doing all right. And yeah, it seems like uh, Cyberpunk is, is finally getting its day in the sun. Right, it's a it's a pretty interesting redemption story to see for that game. I don't think it's on the level of maybe No Man's Sky, but it's close. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's up there. I mean, considering how much uh, shit it took when it came out, and rightfully so, you know they they released clearly unfinished product, and yeah, uh, you know I, I know it took a while for The Witcher Three to kind of round into shape too, but I think what was there was it worked you know there was some Mm -hmm. bug fixes along the way sure but i think by and large that game worked for most people where cyberpunk didn't i think that was the the difference you know yeah but uh, i really can't wait to see what they do next hopefully the unreal engine is kind to them 
Although I can't imagine it won't be. Yeah. I, that thing looks really good. It's hard to imagine that it won't be. It's like the most ubiquitous fucking game development game development tool in the industry, right? Like, right. I think the whole reason you changed to Unreal Engine is for the ease of Unreal Engine, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then alongside all the Witcher news, they also announced that they're working on the next game in the Cyberpunk franchise and a brand new IP. So, all right, guys, cool. I'll get them all. I'll get them all. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> give me some. Yep, give I'm me here. some weird fucking Polish RPGs and watch me spend seventy bucks real fast a piece. <laughs> Just burning through money. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we're, we're probably going to be playing like that new IP in the last of that Witcher series on like the PlayStation 7. You know what I mean? It's, you know, yeah. it's a, we're waiting a little while for those. Um, but regardless, show it's like that episode of Rick and Morty. Show me what you got. I like what you got. <laughs> they, come on, guys. I love the Witcher. And, and CD Projekt Red, if anybody from that company is listening... You heard the cyberpunk episode. We we spoke very kindly of it, but you do not understand the excitement that two dudes had for a video game that Steve and I had leading up to that game after The Witcher 3. So we got a lot of faith in you guys. So just, you know, don't make us look dumb, all right? <laughs> don't make us look stupid. <laughs> I think we're going to be we're going to be fun. Yeah, I think fine. before. I mean, like I feel like the next Witcher game is going to be amazing. Yeah, it's it's real fucking fascinating to me because I would have to guess, you know, that they're going to be going with a new protagonist, right? Witcher 3 seemed to be sort of the end point of Geralt's story, but right. Let that new Witcher game sell 10 less copies than <laughs> Witcher 3. <laughs> Right, and then the next so one in the series. Yep, yep. They'll be getting them off the. I'm talking about Astriga, mm, 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 <laughs> Triss. Mm. They'll actually get Henry Cavill to to fucking do the voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Um, I really would like to see them them continue in the same universe, though. I mean, obviously, it's going to be it's a Witcher, but like, what I mean by that, sorry, is like maybe we play a Siri in the next game, perhaps. Man, or uh, I would be somebody involved in that yeah lineage. I would be real stoked to play a Siri. It kind of seemed like Witcher Three might have been setting her up to be the successor successor. And you know, the parts where you play as Siri in that game are pretty fucking tight too. So I could see mm-hmm. a really cool game based off of those mechanics and like moving those mechanics forward, right? iterating on those mechanics yeah yeah but man yeah. Same. And, and make her all obviously like maybe 10 years past that yeah. or whatever the the yeah. end of blood and wine yeah I, I'd, I'd be in yeah i don't know it's gonna be i'll be fascinated to see if it's all new you know what i mean or if it's going to be like mm-hmm. a passing of the torch type of thing um look not look Brian, Brian, chill, bro. It was clear that Halo <laughs> 5 and, and Locke did not do what 343 wanted them to do because where's Locke and Halo Infinite? Nowhere. Nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, it is yeah, not. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, uh, okay, so we'll talk about one of my favorite franchises, Mass Effect, right? Mass Effect has their trilogy. Hugely successful. The third game sort of wraps up Commander Shepard's story. The next game in the series is clearly meant to be the beginning of a new trilogy or a new story with new characters. All the trailers that they've been showing you're for the next... You're talking month, about and- Andromeda. Yes, Andromeda, right. right. Sorry, you're talking about Andromeda. Okay, cool. All, all, the trailers, all the trailers. All the trailers for the new Mass Effect sure does look like they're bringing Shepard back. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> of course, man. They're like, yeah, people really didn't like that Andromeda game. I think we should... Uh, should dust the old Jack Shepard off. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. get him out there again. Make people happy. Man. So, um, I was trying to... I thought there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, sort of gaming news related, but I can't remember what it was. So, it's clearly not that important. You know, it's not like talking about all the Yakuza games a couple weeks ago when I was very, <laughs> very excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. we were breakdancing this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate however it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the reese's because when you want something sweet you can't do better than reese's find reese's now at a store near you so let's get into some emails. How about how about that, buddy? Um, I have a yeah. feeling that you are going this this next email, this first email rather, is going to be one that is one hundred percent you, my dude, because the the subject of it is try finger butthole. All right, this is from Trey. He says, "Hey, Halls and Steve." Big fan, <laughs> big fan of the podcast. I've sent in an email or two to Blue Harvest, and I thought I'd shoot y'all a question about Elden Ring. For background purposes, when Elden Ring came out, I had never played a From game before, but when I saw all of my friends creaming over it, I had to see for myself. The, pr- <laughs> the problem was I had no idea what I was in for. After getting my ship pushed in for two hours, I was on the phone with Steam trying to get a refund, which was denied because I had downloaded the game while at work and had the run game when finished downloading setting on. So when I sat down to actually play, I already had seven plus hours of gameplay in the game menu. If I remember correctly, to get a refund from Steam, you have to have less than seven hours of had the game for less than 14 days. But holy shit, am I glad I was denied. I picked it back up a few days later, this time following a YouTuber who was doing a few walkthrough guides. I didn't do exactly what the creator was doing, but I tried to do a loose follow so that I didn't miss anything important and got the items I wanted. It took me close to five months, but I beat the game and it is easily in my top five games of all time. Looking back, I know for a fact I would not have been able to beat the game, let alone come even close without the guide I used. So I was curious, if y'all use something to guide you, if so, what was it? Do you think you could have beat the game without it or any kind of hints? I think even if I did another playthrough, I would have to use a guide again. Thanks for the awesome podcast, Y'all Rock Trey. 
Oh my God, I love this question. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and start. <clears throat> and first of all, I want to congratulate Trey for pushing through mm-hmm. and, and beating the game and getting through it. It doesn't matter how you do it, man. Uh, guides are perfectly uh, acceptable to get through a game. Doesn't make you any less badass. So my story about this involves Dark Souls, the first one, which was the first game that I actually saw through of theirs all the way to the end. And I basically used IGN's guide for that. And I read the whole fucking thing, like every single word. Like I basically read a paragraph and then would move forward into the game. I didn't want to miss anything. And so by the time the game was over and I had beaten it, used the guide, and I was like, wow, that was really cool. But now I kind of I kind of get what these games are about at mm-hmm. this point. And I started relying on the guides less at that point. Like f- to a certain extent, there have been bosses in all the From games that I've had to go to, to guides for. There has not been a single exception to that rule. <laughs> I've always had to go to YouTube and watch somebody beat a boss. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I see he's kind of dodging this like that. And you can get a, an attack in after this thing. And then once you learn that stuff, you're good. But man, yeah, I love a good guide, don't you? Oh, dude. I, listen, I have a certain amount of time every week to play video games, right? And lately, a decent amount of that has been hanging out playing Fortnite with Will. But even if that's not the case, I'm a man of limited video game time. I wish I had more. I wish I could play video games all day. If I could get paid to play video games all day, I'd take it in a heartbeat. I, if anybody ever gives you shit for using a guide, tell them to go fuck themselves. Dude, guides are an essential part of the gaming experience for me. From when I was a kid, the reason I'm into Final Fantasy, right, is because I was at a grocery store with my mom and saw a Nintendo Power with Final Fantasy on the cover. They're just, and I was like, hey, can I get this? And she was like, yeah, whatever, shut up. And it was essentially a guide to the very first Final Fantasy game. You know, it had all, it had a walkthrough, it had all the enemies and their stats and stuff listed out. And I poured over that thing as a kid. Uh, Steve and I have both talked about the guide for Final Fantasy VII back in the day. Yes, oh yeah. There was decades, there were decades where if I went to buy a video game and a guide was available i bought the guide guides don't happen like you know published guides don't really get uh, printed as much anymore obviously probably because of the internet and and how easy it is to find guides but i 100 percent endorse the use of guides if it makes you enjoy the game more who cares do it you know and I had the guides for both both Resident Evil 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And like I loved that I had them because there was so much hidden stuff especially in that second game. You know, I don't think I would have ever found Hunk. No. You know, if it wasn't for that guide. Well, uh, buddy, <laughs> I don't I mean? know that I would have found fucking Vincent Valentine in Final Fantasy 7 if it wasn't for the guide. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I needed a guide for that. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't have known how to breed a fucking gold chocobo. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. Like, and I'll be honest, it really bums me out that guides aren't as much of a thing. Um, 
I think the last guide I got was that fancy ass cyberpunk guide that both of us got, which is probably outdated as hell now. Given all the, yeah, <laughs> updates and stuff. I love, <laughs> I love a good fucking guide or video game art book. I've been big into video game art books lately, specifically final fantasy books. I've been, I got quite a few final fantasy books here lately. Um, yeah. Let me say this too. Um, Trey, uh, there's some really great Elden Ring guides coming out at some point. They keep kind of delaying a bit, but when they come out, they'll be worth it. They're at Future Press, and you need to buy them while they're on sale because they never reprint books. Like the Bloodborne mm-hmm. books go for like 200 bucks on eBay now. So you want to get those while you can. They're set of two. Yeah, and these and, things are going to be dope. And if this is a top five game for you of all time, Trey, you should get those books. They'll be way worth it even just as a financial investment for you to flip in a few years. <laughs> yeah, true. Get two copies and flip one. I yeah. Flip a pair. Um, but yeah, man, I, I wish. Do you know how bad I wish there was a guide for Final Fantasy VII Remake? They never did one, you know? I, oh, that's kind of a bummer. I bought the uh, badass hardcover guide for Final Fantasy XV. You're talking about a game that you don't really need a guide for, but I bought it because I love guides. <laughs> so, and, and as far as... From games are concerned, I used a guide. I've only beaten two. I used a guide in both of them, and that guide was Steve Crothy. He was my guide. <laughs> he was my Obi Wan. Yep. Especially in Demon Souls, uh, I remember kind of not 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 really helping you along. You did the, all that shit yourself, but it was more like um, tell me which order to go. When in. you had right, when you had questions about things, you you knew mm-hmm. what, you knew where to ask. You didn't have to go Google it mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, but kind of nice. Um, and and not for nothing, uh, with just about any guy, with just about any game, rather, the IGN guides are primo. They do an excellent job with their guides. That's sort of my go-to now, if I'm looking up a guide to a game. Um, yeah, I I know I'm not going to get a million <laughs> pop-ups there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which is is kind of like what you you get so much other bullshit with these other sites. And do you remember? Did you ever? Um, fuck around with game faqs back in the day that website oh shit yeah yeah, man yeah used to see like some badass ascii art yeah dude at the top of all those guides and that 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 was my go-to site back in the day me too buddy and you want to talk about not user-friendly because it was just text documents with some ascii art so god forbid you're like three-fourths of the way through the game you're scrolling for two hours to find where you left off you know what i mean yeah yeah they they didn't have hyper hyperlinks or anything like that you had to just scroll through them shits yeah that's that's exactly what i'm referencing because like the the ign guides they have hyperlinks to different sections and shit they make it super easy so trey don't don't feel bad for using a guide buddy like steve said um with a uh with a from game that first playthrough with a guide seems primo for me and then you kind of know it right like i honestly do feel like if trey decided to do another playthrough he would be all right like having put five months in the elden ring you know oh yeah sure and the the beautiful thing about those games is just there's so much stuff to them that that you may not even know and like i have the guide for Sekiro, <laughs> and that's one of their more straight ahead games but i learned so much from that guide uh i mean so much uh ways to kill bosses and secrets ways to do things that i hadn't figured out yet and it was just really worth it anyway i figure if it if it's a game i love 
if there's a guide for it, I want it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that that seems to be a rarity these days. If I if I won the lottery, okay, and I hate to dig this bit up because last time I did this bit, I said something that to this day I do not have any recollection of. That literally <laughs> Eric Struthers texted me and he was like, you're having a good time on that episode. And I was like, yeah, what, what did I say? And he told me what I said about winning the lottery. And I was like, no, nah, you're, I ain't, I ain't say that. I did not say that. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you definitely did. Then I asked Steve and he was like, yeah, you totally said it. Um, but if I won the lottery, I would start a, a small publishing house that just did old school video game guides for new games, man. I, I don't care yeah, if I lose money. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, um, that future press, those future press people have guides for other games too. I should say that they like if you're into Horizon Zero, I think they have guides Brian? for those um, as well. So that among other games, so that aren't out of print. So check them out. Yeah, man, you should. I can't wait. I've almost pulled the trigger on a couple of their other guides that aren't necessarily as in demand as the From ones, but I want my first Future Press experience to be the Elden Ring guides. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they... God, it's it's tough. You know, we're supposed to get them at the end of this month, which as we're mm -hmm. recording this, I think it's October, what, 13th? Second, 12th. Something like that. 12th. Um, but uh, there's no way. Uh, they're coming out because the UK was supposed to get them before this and they haven't gotten them yet and they have no idea. Nobody's said anything from oh, future press. So shit. that's, that's kind of a bummer. Like I wish, I don't mind if they delay them. Honestly, I just kind of wish they would come out and be like, Hey, you know, shipping's fucked up right now. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're just, we're trying as hard as we can. Like I get that. Just communicate with your customers, you know? So, uh, yeah, you know what's going to end up happening is I'm going to get those things in and I'm going to wrap them up as a Christmas present to myself. I said, Merry Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I hope we get them by Christmas. Uh, all right, next up, this is um, a email from Liam. Hey, Halls and Steve, young Liam here, longtime Blue listener, Blue Harvest listener, and I recently binged the High Potion catalog and loved every minute of it. You guys have talked a lot about old beat-em-up games. I'm a few years younger than you guys, so I'm not familiar with all of them, but I've played quite a few. There's one in particular that I don't think you guys mentioned that happens to be my favorite. The laundromat I went to as a kid in the late 90s had this game set up, and I probably played the first two levels a hundred times before finally finishing it on an emulator. My dad don't downloaded for me on his old Macintosh computer. I'm talking about Capcom's very own Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. I, <clears throat> I don't know if it was the bright Street Fighter-like graphics or the obsession with dinosaurs that worked for me. I just know I loved it. Are you guys familiar with this game at all? Anyways, thanks for everything you do, and keep up the good work, Liam. Thanks, buddy. Have you ever played Cadillacs yeah, and Dinosaurs, Steve? Sadly, have not, man. My none, none of the arcades that I've ever been in in my life have ever had that game, because believe you me, I would have played it. It is real good. I've only played it through emulation, um, but it is yeah. very, very good. No, you know, I'm planning on emulating it now that I know of its existence because I didn't even know about it. That's I'm, how little my arcades had it. I'm trying to think, like. <sighs> Is that game available on any of the like Capcom collections that have been 
really like I literally just bought a Capcom beat 'em up collection on the Xbox within the last month or two, and I don't think it's included in there. It might be a licensing issue because I believe that's based off of an, a cartoon. Um, mm. so it might be some sort of licensing issue. Could um, be. It's real good, and and. What what's the game? What's the gameplay like? I mean, is it like Final Fight, like um, kind of side scroll beat 'em up? Yeah, uh, yeah, but it is very colorful. And like, I know Final Fight is colorful, but this takes it up a notch. It's definitely a later beat 'em up from the beat 'em up era, right? Like, this is post Final Fight. Um, another one uh, that has never been brought over to the United States, as far as I know, um, is called ninja baseball batman i think is what it's called in japan um and it is a stellar beat-em-up that once again i've only been able to play through um uh emulation but you're like a dude who beats people up with a bat he's not like batman like i'm batman but like a dude who beats people up with a bat majima style right right oh Dude, how, why isn't there a Yakuza spinoff beat-em-up? <laughs> I mean, it would totally work. Right? Man. And I've been, uh, I've, I've, not to quick tangent, but I've been watching uh, a little anime lately. And uh, I've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen, mm-hmm. which is excellent, by the way. Uh, but... Kiryu has has a uh, role in it. It's not like a big role, but oh, it's not Kiryu, shit. like it's the guy who plays his voice or whatever. <laughs> but uh, man, every time I hear that guy, no matter what role he's in, just a big smile just pops out on my face when I hear him. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Mosh, mosh. Um, man, <laughs> I, so you know how like, you know, essentially your phone listens to you and you get tailored content of shit you're interested uh, on social media. So like ever since we did that episode talking about the Yakuza pres- presentation, I get all kinds of Yakuza fan art and shit uh, uh, suggested it to me um, on Twitter. And like, you know, it's all really cool. Some of it is pretty intense. Talking about <laughs> cure, cure you with a mouthful of Majima. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people really go there you know what i mean um and i saw somebody post i had no idea it existed but there's apparently a yakuza live action movie that i sent you a clip of remember with majima walking Mm -hmm. through kamarocho looking for kiryu man it was it was a pretty cool scene the only problem i had with it was i feel like the actor who they pretty much nailed the look but his his performance was was weak. I, yeah. I I felt like he needed to be a lot more over the top with his delivery. He was just kind of like Kiryu, yeah, Kiryu, yeah. <laughs> he um, needed to be way more wild. Yeah, that it, it's apparently not great. The movie, from what I've the, the research I've done into it, and let me tell you, the other thing I get a lot of is um, Tifa related content, and that shit gets. <laughs> real wild <laughs> talking about oh it's time to change the background on my phone <laughs> all right speaking of tifa we got a final fantasy steve 
Well, buddy, we're going to get through this together, okay? Because it's this, it's this bully-ass Wesley. He sent us an oh, email, shit. okay? So, okay. like, we got to stop with the shenanigans, all right? We got to be serious podcasters, right? He doesn't – we know bully-ass Wesley doesn't stand for shenanigans, okay? This is what he says. <laughs> Dear Halls and Steve, I was just about to knock on Halls's door for misunderstanding my last email, but as I approached his peephole – my high school bully heart suddenly grew 10 sizes thinking about crisis core reunion coming out this year this year needless to say i'm in a huge final fantasy mood it's taken over my life probably just the build up from 27 years of not ever playing them i finished final fantasy 7 and final fantasy 13 since i first emailed you guys we all know 7 is an epic, life-changing banger of a game, but what about 13? I really enjoyed it, but I know it's not a popular opinion. I love hearing y'all talk about Final Fantasy, so give me your thoughts on 13. Peace and love from my giant bully heart, Wesley. P.S. Hope is actually a good character, and Saws is the best FF dad ever. Okay. Whoa. Okay, he's going <clears throat> he's going deep cut on us there. Um, all you, buddy. All you. Okay. So listen, uh, you know. I follow Wesley because I was afraid not to on social media, like for my own life. Um, I told those dudes, when I commit to a bit, I commit to a bit. Um, he has actually gone further down the Final Fantasy hole since then, and he's played Final Fantasy four now, which I know you're a big fan of, just like I am. Um, uh, before I address his, his question about 13, I was thinking about this. I don't know that there is a better four streak of games in gaming history than Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy V, Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII. Those four games in a row, that is bananas because all five of those are excellent with, in my opinion, six and seven being at the top of the list. Um, Four is also very good, and five is also very good. Um, so I've actually I've never even I've never even heard of five, honestly. I, don't, I mean, I know it exists, but it's well, one of those games. I have no idea what it's about. Once, um, once we clear some of the deck of the games that we're we're working on now, I want us to start really digging into the Final Fantasy series a little more deeply, um, especially since the the first six are now available on steam you got your steam deck i got my steam deck that's either neither here nor there now i'll say this final fantasy 13 and i have a complicated history i was very 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 excited for final fantasy 13 i like an idiot was like talking a bunch of shit talking about how much final fantasy i was going to play at midnight when it came out and I made the boastful claim that I'm going to play Final Fantasy 13 for 13 hours straight when I get it. So from 12.30 to 1.30 in the afternoon the next day. And I did it. I did it. I played that game for 13. You do commit. I do. You commit I, to the bit, baby. I commit to the bit, baby. Hall's Biddy Burkhart. That's what they call me. Um, <laughs> so, um, Listen. Final Fantasy Thirteen to me, is an underappreciated entry in the series. I don't think it's great. I think that a lot of people's thoughts on the shortcomings of that game are pretty, you know, on the nose. But I think the story 
is really good and really fucking weird, the weirder a Final Fantasy story is, the better for me, right? Uh, Lightning, I think, is at this point an iconic Final Fantasy character. I don't know that I actually agree with him about hope. We might have to, you know, work that out on the school the school playground. Saz is a good character. Vanille, Fang, like Snow. I like, you know, I like the rest of the class, uh, the cast. And let me tell you this. For a game that, you know, came out when it did, that game is still fucking gorgeous, right? It is an amazing looking game that graphically holds up pretty fucking well. Um, I think the two sequels that came after it sort of refine the formula and and write the ship quite a bit for me, and it gets even weirder in the story. The problem with Final Fantasy thirteen is, is, for me, is I'm not the biggest fan of the combat system. Um, you know, the deeper you, you get into the game, the better the combat system is, but it takes so long to where it gets to be like exciting and fun to do combat in that game. And mm-hmm. the it is so linear for so long. Like the first 20 or 30 hours of that game are kind of just walking from one end of a hallway to the other and you know fighting enemies and stuff like that. Um once it opens up it's it's really cool but it, to me Final Fantasy 13 was a bit of a failed experiment in some regards. Other regards I think they did a really good job with. Um the music's good. Like I said, if if you've got a uh an Xbox One X or an Xbox Series X and you download the backwards compatible version of Final Fantasy 13, it still looks amazing to this day. They they clearly, you know, put a lot of artistic effort into that game um but it's not going to make the top of my final fantasy lists but it's also not going to make the bottom right somewhere in the middle somewhere in the middle right around 15 how was the experience of playing it 13 hours in a row uh it's about i mean uh and and trust me because you know I would say if I had. It was the closest thing that I can think of to what doing crack would feel like. Because I've never done crack. But like the amount of five-hour energies, monster energies, and uh, weed that I had to intake to make it through 13 hours straight was intense. And uh, I didn't feel right for a couple of days afterwards. Like I, I probably did some serious damage to my kidneys and other inter- internal organs doing that. I remember... The next day, like that night, because, you know, Will, he likes to do a a little bit of friendly shit talking, right? Because this was back when Will and I were roommates. He was like, I'm going to wake up in the morning and you're going to be asleep on the couch. You're going to be talking about, oh, buddy, I couldn't make it. I had to go to sleep. Uh And no, man, he woke up the next morning and he said I looked. it looked like a scene from Breaking Bad in our living room. (laughs) And I was like, I commit to the bit. (laughs) If there's one thing I do, it's commit to the bit. Oh, so we got a couple more emails, but Steve, remind me, I want to bring up, I had a banger of a Final Fantasy VII remake theory to drop on you and the listeners, but I want to do it at the end so we don't spoil the remake for anybody that hasn't had a chance to play it. <clears throat> um, so remind me. Uh, next up, and once again, I feel like this is an email 
totally tailored for you, buddy, because the subject line is Roll Tide. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, let's go. It's a listener that Blue Harvest fans will know as Mr. 100, Kobe. Oh, Kobe. He says, Stephen Halls, how's it going, fellas? It's your boy, Kobe. High Potion has been scratching an itch for me lately. There are three things that I love in life at the current moment. Blue Harvest slash High Potion, Fortnite, and football. When you mix all of those together into one, it makes me just want to sheesh. So thank you for that. <laughs> By the way, I got to play a round or two, I can't remember, with Kobe um, on Fortnite. And this is nothing against Kobe. But Steve will be able to back me up on this. If Will has a technical issue while playing video games, he kind of just ignores it and doesn't address it. For months now, when Will gets in our Xbox party, it sounds like we're in the goddamn Grand Canyon. There's so much of an echo. And and like we're not trying to be assholes, so we're like, man, do you hear that echo? Oh, I think it started when Will jumped in. Has the echo been addressed? No. Another thing that Will has yet to address is the fact that for some reason, when we're partied up together, we can't use game chat in Fortnite. So if we're playing with folks who aren't playing on Xbox, we can't chat with them. So we had a very silent game or two session with Kobe a couple of nights ago. All right. Oh. Why, why can't he use game chat? Buddy, you're asking the same question I've asked dozens of times. And I'm like, hey, man, I think it's probably just a matter of doing this and this. And he was like, yeah, I don't think that's it. And I was like, well, then what is it? What's the answer? Huh? Huh? Um, okay. He says, on the subject of football games, I have some contenders for worse games that I had the fortune of playing as a kid and teenager. I'm a diehard Madden player and have been for like the last 10 years or so. Side note, I like how Halls was kind of poking fun at people who just manage teams and sim games without actually playing them. Because, buddy, that is me 100%. I'm like Kevin Costner in that <laughs> shitty draft day movie, scheming up shenanigans to get my team to the promised land. Anyways, I wanted to shout out some awful iterations of Madden. I was a PS2 kid, so I was pretty fortunate to get to play some of the better Madden slash NCAA games. But a lot of my friends at the time had the more interactive consoles like the Wii, PSP, DS, etc. And whew, those Madden games were horrific. I remember on the Wii especially, you had to physically move your arm and Wii remote to pass the ball, and it was janky as fuck. On the DS, you literally, literally had to use the stylus to do shit. It was wild. It's just crazy what a grip console like the Wii had on society back then versus a regular handhold controller type console. <clears throat> Have you guys ever seen Call of Duty on the Wii? Yikes. But that's a whole nother story. Anyways, love the content lately. Keep it up. P.S. Wanted to share a real quick story that I think Steve will like. My, fan my fantasy football team name is Roll Tide because when I was a hot sophomore in high school, I got belligerently drunk off some rupplements and left unattended at a party and decided to go on Instagram and comment Roll Tide under every post I came across. I did it like 60 oh times or something. Kobe. <laughs> That's, That's a amazing. Good story. Yeah. Man. Yeah, welcome to the party, Kobe. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I roll tide like a motherfucker. Man. And, uh, it's cool that he named his fantasy football team named that. Hopefully uh, one day it'll be less ironic and more heartfelt. But uh, we actually have a player on the team this year, Alabama, true freshman. 
whose name is Kobe as well. So I've been yelling Kobe at the TV all, yep. a lot this Hell year. Yeah. Man. We play uh we quick football update. We play we play Tennessee this weekend and it's gonna be tough, man. They're good this year. Yeah. But and they're the, as good as they yeah. they've and been. The, yeah, and then the weekend afterwards you guys are gonna new boot goof all over Mississippi State. No matter what you say, I've heard it I've heard <laughs> I don't it know, man. I've heard it for years, Steve, where you, every Steve he's such a nice guy, right? He's not a, a fucking dude who's gonna yell in my face when you score oh, your fucking fiftieth touchdown against Mississippi State while we're all hanging out. He's a real nice guy, and every year he goes, I don't know, man. I think you guys might have a shot. Knowing we ain't got a shot. Knowing we ain't know, got man. a shot. It depends. Our quarterback is a little busted up right now, and yeah. if he's not uh, 100%, mm-hmm. then we're in trouble. Yep. We're yep. in trouble. Sure thing. Sure thing, Steve. And then come <laughs> two Saturdays from now, there's going to be a hush <laughs> over the the stadium and that fucking Kanye song. Uh so much power is going to start playing. There's going to be a thick coat of fog that comes out of the fucking the the tunnel. And here comes Bryce fucking football in <laughs> hand. 83 to zero Alabama. <laughs> Man, I take it. <laughs> Man, I got to say, um, so speaking of Kobe's email, I am so happy. Sort of the more gimmicky era of video gaming is is kind of past because i'm not into motion controls man like i like vr vr is a different story but even that i'm not fucking plugging in like the lawnmower man every day you know it's it's a more <laughs> short-term experience that is very cool but whew, a- yeah like we talked about what was it uh what was the game we played on playstation 3 the kung fu one ragdoll kung um, fu Ragdoll Kung Fu. Didn't that have motion controls? It might have had some six-axis stuff in it. I can't remember. I think it did. I feel like I was yanking the controller yeah. to the left or right, and it was fun. It was fun in that game. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, by and large, I'm not a fan either. I, I just the Wii missed me entirely. It did me too. Uh, my family, my family loved it, so I would bowl with them on the holidays. Mm. That was the game they liked to play, and I can see the appeal, you know, for a family that likes to bowl. But well, not the console for me. No, I sir. Uh, I got I would occasionally get real wasted with my brother in law Goose and do some wee golf. That was fun. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, was I bet never, that was fun. I was never compelled to own the system, and I really thinking back, I wish I had, and I wish I had just spent shit ton of money on the virtual console and had all those classic ass games they had up on the virtual console because for some reason. When the Switch came around, Nintendo was like, oh, that virtual console that everybody fucking loves where we offer all these different classic systems and tons of games. Mm, let's not do that. No, sir. Mm-mm. Nah. <laughs> let's, let's not repeat a good idea. Um, all right. So we got one more email, and then we'll call it a day. This is from Kyler. He said, hey, Halls and Steve, your friend Florida Kyler here. This is a bit off topic for gaming, but here we go. Recently, Magic the Gathering announced they are doing Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed cards for 2024. In the past so far, they have done Street Fighter, Fortnite, Walking Dead, Stranger Things, etc. My question is... My question kind of is, when has a franchise you you beloved for so long crossed the line with crossovers or partnerships? Hmm... I don't know that I've had a, a question franchise because and like so I'm assuming that Kyler is a big Magic fan 
And I know the Magic community is sort of torn about all these crossovers because they've done um, Godzilla, which was awesome. They're doing Transformers <laughs> soon. They did Dungeons and Dragons. They're doing, and clearly they're very successful because they keep doing them. I have the um, the the Street Fighter set of cards. I had to, even though I don't play physical Magic. I was like, fucking Street Fighter, I gotta, right? Yeah, if you're gonna have any, um, right. <laughs> I'll be getting the Final Fantasy ones for sure. Um, give me a fucking Magic the Gathering Tifa card. Ooh, woo. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I can get... On one hand, I can get where, you know, hardcore Magic the Gathering fans might be put off because Magic has done such a good job of establishing their own universe with their own lore, locations, players. You know what I mean? To start bringing in the mm-hmm. crossover stuff. Um, I could see how that'd be kind of off-putting. But it doesn't bother me, right? Like, I actually think it's kind of cool. Um, I, and I can't think of a franchise I love that's gone too far with the crossovers. I like crossovers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's something that I, I can't, uh, that if I could think of it right now, you know, I would. But okay. I, for whatever reason, nothing is coming to, to mind. Like, all the all the crossover stuff that I've kind of seen... I think I was positive on, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm thinking about like the soul caliber, um, guest, mm-hmm. guest fighters or they would Mortal have Kombat. in every one mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, it, and those are ridiculous, you know, way over the top, but you know, I, it works with that franchise. You, you know, know what I don't know. There's my fucking luck is like, I'm, I'm hardcore into Fortnite now. I'm going to go, like, after I get done working tonight, I'm going to go check out the item store, and they're going to be like, the new skin for today is Jordan Peterson. And I'll be like, God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> All right. Let's... You'd get back on and record mm-hmm. <laughs> record an addendum. Yep. Skirt! I'd put in, like, that ret- record scratch sound right here and go, hey, guys, this is Halls. Um... <laughs> um, so, all right, real quick, if we were going to do if if Magic the Gathering came to you and I, Steve, and said, we want to do... So when they do these special releases, a lot of times they're what they call a secret layer, meaning it's a, a special product that you buy from them that is a certain amount of cards, right? So like for the Street Fighter one, I think it was the eight original Street Fighter two characters, right? And things like that. If we were going to put together a high potion secret layer, and it doesn't have to be from one franchise. What are some Magic the Gathering cards that you think we would have in our set? I like this exercise. I know for one, one would be like um, Vladi Divac, right? Like we would have a Vladi Divac card. And he would be like an 8-8 eight, eight creature with trample. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And he would only cost oh, one colorless mana to cast. Oh my god, he's overpowered. Yeah, OP. <laughs> We could oh. do we. Oh, here's one. Here's one. We could do fucking melted ass Elmer Fudd as a as a card, and he would be a negative three, negative three character. And and you know the the lore text at the bottom of the card. It would say, "This person brings nothing of value to the world and is nothing but one of the most shitty people that has ever existed." Boom! You actively lose for playing this card. Yep, you immediately lose negative forty hit, hit points when playing this card. <laughs> We would have to do a from character, right? You, in honor, oh yeah, for sure. There would be a Majima and a and a Kiryu, 
a from character yep, or two. Um, yeah. Tifa, come on. Yep, Tifa for sure. I can't think of the from character. You know, there's so many good ones to mm -hmm. choose from. I can't pick just yeah, one. Yeah, it's tough. You could just. Yeah, I mean, God, just we'll just say a from character would be in there. I wonder if I could talk our buddy Evan into um, how expensive would it be for us to get high potion trading cards done that looked like magic cards, and we could do like Vladi Divok and stuff, and sell them as merch. <laughs> That's not a half bad idea. We'll talk about this off air. Yeah, we'll hit up old Evan. Yeah. So, buddy, that uh, that does it for all our emails. Thank you guys so much awesome. for writing in. Yeah, we thanks for writing it. in, guys. If you guys want to be, uh, if you guys want to be cool like all of them, highpotionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Listen, all right, before we go, I'm going to drop my Final Fantasy VII Remake theory on you. So if you haven't played okay. the game or, or, or uh, if you're worried about spoilers, tune out now, okay? You hear me? If you, if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake and you're worried about spoilers, tune out now, okay? So, you know how we were discussing, like, maybe they wouldn't end up killing Aerith in Remake, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? I think I know what they're going to do. And I'm dead serious. I think they're going to kill Cloud. Uh-oh. I think instead... That would be a twist. I think, I think what's going to happen is Cloud is going to foresee what happens to Aerith, and he's going to sacrifice himself to save her. And I think especially... If Zack ends up really being alive in this timeline, mm -hmm. you know, the character who Cloud sort of based right. his uh, persona off of, the character that you play as in Crisis Core, I think they might slide him into the Cloud role for the third game. And I think he might be the... Interesting. I, I kind of think that might be what's about to happen. Oof. I don't know if I like that. We'll see. I don't know if I like that. I don't know that I'll like it either, buddy, but that's my theory. Brian, Jurassic Joshy. I want, or well, Jedi Knight Joshy. He used to be Jurassic Joshy. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on that theory. I think that's what's going to happen. Okay, so yeah, listen, man, you're 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 usually on target with uh, your theories when it comes to this stuff. I'll say that. Not, so. not half bad. In this case, I hope I hope you're wrong. Me too. I hope you're wrong in this case. I, I hope you know what they just all live and everybody's happy. Can't we just be happy? Can't there be some happiness? No. <laughs> if you were gonna say if you were gonna say Cloud dies, but we play through the rest of the series as Sephiroth, I might be on board with that. No, but sadly, I, think, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think he's still gonna be the main villain. Because who would you slide yeah, in as the main villain? Hojo? Oh, I no, don't thank know, you. man. I just I just love Sephiroth so he's much. So he's badass. like my favorite character in that game. And that Sephiroth figure that I have is tight. <laughs> It is it's awesome. Tight. All right, all right. And he's got a got a goddamn great theme song too. Speaking of great theme songs, this has been High Potion Podcast. Mm -hmm. Follow <laughs> Steve on Twitter at Stone Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow the podcast at High Potion Pod. Leave us a review on iTunes. We're gonna leave it at that. No guilt trip this time. Maybe this will work. Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>